Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church and OCCathome.com. We are so glad you're here. At OCC, our mission is to invite people to take their next steps with Jesus. And so we pray that through our time together, you're encouraged and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, good to see everybody. Last couple times we've been out here, I couldn't see anybody. So it was dark for me. I think you might have saw me, but it's good to see all of you for the launch of this new series. And uh, welcome to Orange Crest Community Church, and thank you again to East Hills Community Church for hosting us and being so gracious to allow us to use their property. And I think some of their staff members are actually really helping us out today. So thank you so much to East Hills. And let's make sure that we are considerate and and grateful guests. It, it sort of reminds me of a passage of Scripture. This whole situation really does. Jesus said this in Luke 16, verse 12. He taught, If you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, then who will give you property of your own? And I think how fitting for us, because faithfulness is a test. When we use other people's property, it's really a test that we've got to pass before we get the privilege of having our own. And so I don't think this is an accidental experience that the Lord is sort of walking us through because we're in the process of securing, you know, we've purchased our own property. We're in this long process with the city of getting the permits to be able to use it. And so I really do think this is one of those of faithfulness that God is asking us to uh, walk through and Lord willing pass. And so let's just be sure to take care of this place as we're here. Let's pick up after ourselves. Let's express our gratitude. And even just as you think of East Hills Community Church, just uh, thank the Lord for them and, and your prayers. Because what a host, you, know, you want a generous host to be able to offer up uh, their space for us. And so, uh, welcome again to Sunday service. It's it's sort of like it's been so long. It's been over six months, and it's so encouraging to see you all. And also greetings. I know there's some people joining us on live stream right now, and so. We look forward to seeing you again in person, Lord willing, whenever you're ready for that. Uh, Just a reminder that next week we'll be under the stars. If the smog clears and the smoke clears, we'll be under the stars here, 6.30, and we'll just begin meeting here weekly in the evenings. And hey, kids, can I get your attention, kids? All the kids out there, can you be our greeters for us this morning? Yeah? All right. I want you to scream... Welcome back, everyone. Okay? Can you do that on the count of three? Parents, can you help your kids scream, Welcome back, everyone? You be our greeters. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. We've got some great greeters at this church, don't we? Hey, parents, if you need an activity pack, again, just make sure you pick one up over here at the tent. Uh, Older kids, I'm pretty sure you can follow along with us this morning. My name is Josh DeLaRosa. I'm the senior pastor here at OCC. I'd love to meet any of you that are guests here today. I'll be over here at the tents later on. Today we're beginning, as John shared, a new message series called Church Now. And here's the big idea. How did the church in the first century move from a small frightened and fragmented group to an expanding and courageous, bold world movement. And can that happen again? 
How do you create a movement? If you wanted to create a movement, how would you do that today? I mean, the early Christians in the first century, they didn't have vehicles. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't text all their friends and say, hey, I want you to hear about this person. I want you to hear this movement. They couldn't do all of those things. They didn't have tablets. They didn't have social media. They didn't have news outlets like we do. They didn't have internet searches, television, movies. All of those things we're so used to when we want to start a movement. They didn't have. In those days, what they had was news would just sort of travel from life to life, from mouth to mouth. Proclamations were made. Messengers sent messages. They were passed on life to life. And how did they do it? How, how exactly did the first century Christians do it? They had a couple things. One is they had conviction, and then they had commitment. I want to show you what Jesus told his first disciples, those who followed him, after he rose from the dead. Now, Jesus didn't just, he wasn't just mostly dead. You've probably seen the movie where, I think it was Princess Bride, where he was mostly dead. Jesus was all the way dead. He wasn't mostly dead. He wasn't resuscitated after a few minutes of being flatlined. No, Jesus was crucified on a cross for our sin. And he was declared completely dead. After hanging six hours in anguish and suffering, and the Romans who crucified him, they were experts at this form of death. And so they declared he was dead. And after he was dead, if you know the story, he was buried in a tomb. A, like a two-ton rock or stone was covering the entrance so that it was sealed, and then it was heavily guarded by Roman guards to ensure that no one could claim that the body was stolen or that, that no one could steal the body or that uh, nothing could, could alter this story. But as you know, three days later, Jesus, he rose from the dead, and he showed himself to his followers alive. Over a period of 40 days, there's all of these eyewitness accounts in the Bible of Jesus appearing to people alive. And those early disciples, they were convinced that it was him. And they were convinced that he was God who'd come in the flesh and who rose and defeated the power of the grave, defeated death. And because of that, they were so convinced that they, they, they committed their lives to proclaim Jesus' message. And in this series that we're we're calling church now, we're going to focus on their story. How did the early Christ followers spread this message? How did this movement get sparked to this small group and become what it is today? And what we would say we're carrying on. Not just us, but all churches that follow Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at the story of the earliest Christians. We're going to look at the book of Acts, verse or chapters 1 through 12. Now, the Bible has two sections. It has the Old Testament and it has the New, the New Testament. So we're going to look at the book of Acts, which is the fifth book in the New Testament. It's got 28 chapters in the book of Acts. And in this series, we're just going to cover the first 12 chapters. But it's going to lead us up through Christmas. And Acts is a history book. I don't know if you like history. I like history. But if you wanted to understand history, like if you wanted to understand U.S. history, then... You'd need to walk through a bunch of different eras. You'd need to walk through exploration. Then you'd need to walk through colonization and settlement. Then you'd need to walk through the era of 
revolution and the establishment of a new nation, then westward expansion, then civil war, and then there would be really the development of industries and on and on. You'd have to walk through the history of these different eras. And Acts, the book of Acts in the Bible, the fifth book of the New Testament, it's also a history book. And it follows a section in the Bible known as the Gospels. Now, the Gospels are the biographies of Jesus. And so the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the biographies. They tell the story of Jesus. And the author of one of those biographies was named Luke. And Luke wrote also the history of the Christian church, the book of Acts. So I want to focus on just the first nine. We're going to walk pretty quickly through this because I know you're warm. And I'm warm too. But Acts, it tells you the story of the Christian movement. How did this thing spark? And so, I really want to focus on one key verse that really is going to set the stage for this whole series. And so, the verse is verse 8. It's actually up here on a banner behind me. And so, the Acts 1.8 is a very important verse. It reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want to give you some quick context about this verse before we sort of see this verse, which really is it's, it's the most important verse of uh, the book of Acts. If you have a Bible, you can follow along, or if you've got a phone app, you can follow along. Look, let's look together at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And I'll just read and briefly comment on some of this. So let's look at verse 1. Here's what God inspired Luke to write. He wrote, In my former book, Theophilus, Theophilus is Luke's friend that he's writing to, In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. So Luke is essentially saying, My first book, my biography about Jesus' life, I covered everything in Jesus' life, meaning his birth, his childhood, his adult ministry, his suffering, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And the book of Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus. The ascension is when Jesus was taken up from earth into heaven. And so Luke just introduces, hey, I wrote that other book, the biography. But then he backs up in verse 3 to just before the ascension, in this period after the resurrection, but before Jesus ascends into heaven. And here he writes in Acts 1-3. He writes, after his suffering... He, Jesus, showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So on a number of occasions, Jesus appeared to his disciples living. This was the proof that they needed. This was actually the proof that they would stake their very lives upon. Jesus conquered the grave. He had power over life. He had power over death. So they could trust Him with, with anything. In this life, they could, they could trust Him with everything regarding the next life. We're completely convinced. Verse 4 reads this. On one occasion, Luke writes, again, after the, after the resurrection but before the ascension, while He was eating with them, He gave them this command. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem. Why would Jesus tell them, Don't leave Jerusalem? Now, if these disciples, they're not from Jerusalem. It's not their hometown. They're actually 
called Galilee. They were a group of Galileans which are region north in Israel, and they were in Judah. They were in Jerusalem, to the basically to the south. They were pretty far from home. Not to mention, they wanted to get out of Judah because that's where Jesus suffered, was arrested, was beat, was mocked, was flogged, was whipped, and was crucified. And they were known to be his followers, and so they would want to get out really quickly. And so Jesus said, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave. He says, wait for the gift that my father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. Then he writes, for John, baptized with water, speaking of a man named John the Baptist, who paved the way for Jesus through preaching about repentance and turning your life around, confessing your sin. He was a prophet that God used to get people ready to hear Jesus' message. So Luke writes, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6 reads, Acts 1-6, So when they met together, so on a different occasion, again, after the resurrection, but before Jesus ascends into heaven, it says in verse 6, When they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, the disciples had been on a roller coaster ride. They basically saw Jesus rise to fame. They saw him perform some amazing, mind-boggling miracles. But then, at the height of it all, Jesus was arrested. Unjustly accused, he was beaten, he was convicted, crucified, buried. But then he rose. And they're thinking, Jesus, are you now, since you've risen from death, are you now going to establish your earthly kingdom? Are you going to kick out the Romans? Maybe that's what he wants us to stay here for, so we could watch him and all of us rub it in the Romans' faces. Maybe that's why he wants us to stay here. We need, we need to be here so we can have front row seats, because we'd like to get our land back. Because the Romans were occupying the land. But look at Jesus' response, verse 7. Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by His own authority. You see, Jesus, He bursts their bubble. Are we going to conquer right now? Are you going to declare yourself king and set up your earthly king? Jesus says, It's not for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has set by His own authority. You see, he's saying, look, the Father is in control of all the timing, and he's not revealing those exact details to you. You see, just like the disciples, you and I, we're always struggling with this issue of what is God's role and what is our role. In this season, a lot of us are asking questions, and we're trying to figure out, what are you doing, God? And what, when are you going to put this to an end? When... It doesn't make sense. And there's things that we just don't understand. We're scratching our heads. Is this the time where this is going to change? Is, is, this, is this what's going on? And just like them, we've got questions. And Jesus reminds them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by His own authority. We always wish we could sort of get a sneak preview of the future, right? But what we're told is we're told to stand ready. I don't know about you. But I don't, I don't want to be distracted. I don't want to be just off doing my own thing at the return of Christ, when Christ does return. So we're told, as His church, as, as those who follow Him, we're told 
to be faithful here and now. Jesus says, as far as the timing, the date, sorry, it's not for you to know. He says, that's God's role, and it's His plan. And he says in verse, basically, essentially turns, he says, you want to know what your role is? Which brings us, again, to this banner behind me. Here's your role. This is verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's your role. That's our role. That was their role. This small group somehow takes that assignment and a huge movement snowballs and ripples out. Verse 9 says, After Jesus said this, He was taken up from their very eyes and a cloud hid Him from their sight. This is known as the ascension. Ascent just means to rise. And so Luke records that Jesus is lifted up right before their eyes into heaven. He ascends into heaven. And next week we're going to sort of pick it up from there, but the entire book of Acts, there's 28 chapters in Acts. It's full of action, it's full of growth, it's full of commitment, it's full of struggle, expansion, movement, and even the whole structure of the book of Acts is found in this one verse, Acts 1.8. Because he says, you're in Jerusalem, that's where they, where they were. And then in Jerusalem and Judea, which is the the region they were in, and then the neighboring region to the north, and then to the ends of the earth. He's sort of working his way out. Chapters 1 through 7 in the book of Acts actually shows the Christian church getting established in Jerusalem. That's what the first seven chapters are about. You see how they're witnesses into, into that city. And then from verses or from chapters 8 through 12 in Acts, you see the Christian church being enlarged out to Judea and Samaria, the region that they were in and the region to the north. And then if you go further in the book of Acts, Acts 13 through 28, it shows the Christian church expanding towards the end of the earth. And we're going to try to demonstrate this. And so we've got some, we've got, I'm going to invite up our Kids Zone director, Stephanie, and maybe some teachers to help us understand how do movements spread? Am I on? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me take my mask off. Hi, guys. Like Josh said, my name is Stephanie Gerald. I'm the Kids Zone Director here. So we're going to do a quick warm-up. So adults, I'd love if you want to join us, but no pressure. If you are a kid, though, I want all kids to stand up so I can see you. Where's all kids? Little kids, big kids. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to lead you through a few exercises. I know it's hot, so I promise that we won't get you too sweaty. Um, and then we're going to do something really cool. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is just reach to the sky as high as you can. Everyone reach, 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 reach. And then bring it back down. You can relax a little bit. Okay, ready? Reach, 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 reach. Oh, tippy toes. And come on down. Okay, the next one we're going to go side to side, okay? So we're going to reach. Other side. Awesome. You guys are so great. Okay, ready? I can barely see my notes. Okay, now we're going to... Your upper body. And we're going to go faster. Go. Good job. Okay. Now we're going to move to the left of our body. So kids, make sure you're standing. You can do this from the floor if you want. We're going to start with our knees up. Show me. Let's go. Okay. And then we're going to pick it up. 
and then we're gonna go to a jog. Okay, I wanna see you run as fast as you can. Ready, set, go! Go, go! Awesome! You guys feel warmed up? Okay, let's take one big breath. Ready? Doesn't that feel so nice? All right, now we got a next activity, and my friends up here are going to help me with it. We are going to start with the Andrew family. Raise your hand, Andrew family. Okay, they're back here in the middle, and they're going to follow their fearless leader, their dad, doing this. Can you guys hear it? Maybe a little bit. Maybe if you're really close to them. All right, if you are wearing orange, any sort of orange on your body, I want you to join Gavin and his family. Rubbing your hands together. Adults, you can help us out too. Okay? Now, I want you to follow Becky. Becky, she if you're wearing blue, you're going to follow Becky. There's probably a lot of blue out here. Oh, and you'll keep going. All right. Okay, I can start to hear it. Okay, ready? Now, Greta. Where'd Greta go? Over here, if you are wearing purple, follow Greta. If you're wearing purple, I see some purple. She's snapping faster than the first one. All right, ready? Chanel, if you're wearing green, you're going to follow Miss Chanel over here. If you already have been given a task, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Okay, ready? And then Daniel, if you're wearing gray, you're going to follow Mr. Daniel. All right, ready? Now, um, if you are wearing black, I don't know who's wearing black today, but you're going to follow Miss Becca. Go. Awesome. If you are wearing pink, you're going to follow Miss Taylor. Go. Awesome. And the last time, we're going to count down to three, and everyone's going to shout. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you, everybody. We saw that as we started with the Andrew family. Maybe if you were really close to them, you could hear them. But once we started adding people, adding people doing different things, the sound became larger and larger, and it followed through our crowd, okay? So this is just a brief illustration of what God is asking us to do to go along with our verse today. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Stephanie and team. Hey, beginning next Sunday night, as I mentioned, we're going to be meeting here in the evening. That's going to really help us out for a number of obvious reasons. One of the helpful things is we're going to have our screens up, Lord willing. And that'll help because we can visualize a lot more of this progression of how does this Christian movement move from one town to a region to the ends of the earth. And really, it's, there's a ripple effect. Just as you heard in that illustration, there's a ripple effect. And we'll see how the message of Jesus began to reverberate throughout a region, pushing further and further. And that's, that's really the hope for this series and for our church. The church that Jesus launched through the disciples is still on the move. And we've received it from people who've been extremely, or who were extremely faithful. And now we have a role to play in the movement of Jesus. And the big question continues to be for every generation, will we take the message and keep it moving forward? Or will it sort of end? Will we not pass that forward? Jesus said these words, and these really still are our marching orders. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Basically, a supernatural power is going to come to energize the church of Jesus to fuel our ability to carry out the role to be his witnesses. You and I 
And those disciples, we don't have the power inside to accomplish a movement like this. We're just not that strong. We're not that influential. We can't generate life change. We can't save lives. We don't even have the right words to say. But God, He sent His Spirit to live inside of us for those who follow Christ to empower you for this task. What's the task? It's that you will be Christ's witnesses. Now, witnesses don't write their own story. A witness is simply someone who sees an event and reports on what has happened. That's what a witness does. What's the big event? Well, the big event is the resurrection. Everything in the Christian faith hinges on the story, the history, the fact of the resurrection. Without it, we're told in the Bible, our faith is useless. It's worthless. It's a waste of time to even gather like this. You know, we're getting hot under the sun, I know. But without a motivating reason, why why gather? Why, why pass this message on? But these disciples were so convinced. They were the eyewitnesses to this. And they would give their lives. They committed their lives and their future to, to really share Jesus with others. The fact that He risen from the dead. And when you study the lives of the early Christians, you learn that many of them died through martyrdom. In painful ways in some cases. And just finally, like, look at the scope of this verse. In Judea, or in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, there's a scope of this movement. There's this ripple effect. And sometimes when you read a verse like this, you think, well, this is sort of like an either-or thing. I'll be his witness in my hometown, or maybe I'll be a witness to the ends of the earth, so I might be a missionary somewhere else. Really, this isn't like an either-or option. This is a both-and command. We're to be as witnesses, Jerusalem, so your hometown, the region you're in, the state you're in, the country you're in, the world you're living in. This really is a both and, and this is still true today. What's been so challenging for us is in 2020, there have been so many things blocking, it seems like, our ability to share this message. We've had to really reorient and pivot in all sorts of ways. And as a church, this movement just needs to keep moving, needs to keep going forward. And for us as a church, most of the typical, you know, places you go are, are shut down. It's leaving us confused. It's leaving us frustrated and annoyed. Everywhere you turn, it's sort of like you see signs like these up here. You can't go here. Don't walk here. Don't drive here. Don't come here. It can feel like everywhere we turn, there's detours. And okay, I guess we're not going there anymore. That's how life has felt like for the past six months. And then there's a yield sign up here. There's a lot of yielding going on right now. And you can take that however you'd like to take it. But it's been a challenge to yield to others. There's all sorts of opinions and different thoughts on what's going on right now. And it's after six months of not meeting, it's really hard to get moving Again, personally, and as a church, but our invitation for you is to move forward and, and re-engage with us. That's why we're calling it church now. We've got this arrow up here is because we're saying it's time to move forward as a church. 
Now we realize we've been sort of, maybe in some cases, you haven't moved in six months. and some, you've been really active. And so I don't know where you're at, but if it's really difficult for you to be moving forward in your participation, then I would say just go at your own pace, but, but let's move forward together. And we're basically inviting you to take the on-ramp to your, just reactivate your participation. So here's some ways you can prep each week. Read the chapter in Acts that we're going to cover each week. And so this week, if we all read Acts chapter 1, I did the first nine verses, but if you read Acts chapter 1 in the Bible, you'll be ready for next week's message because we'll cover the rest of Acts chapter 1 next Sunday night. The second thing you could do is you can invite someone every week. And beginning next week at 6.30, we're actually going to be having some exciting just elements each Sunday night. And so there's going to be food, a food truck. There's going to be different, different weeks will bring different things from food trucks to dessert trucks to coffee carts. And we're going to have a special kids zone segment every Sunday in the evening as well, sort of mid message or mid service. So that's the second thing is just come and bring someone with you. And then the third, um, to check out some of these tents over here, would you move forward with us in groups? There's a group tent over here. And I would encourage you to take this discussion that we're looking at in Acts, take it another step further through joining a men's or a women's group. Check out this tent over here, the group's tent. Talk to Scott Lambert, our group's pastor. Plug in to a group. It, they actually begin this week, and so visit the group tents. Or visit the kids' zone tent over here. Talk to Stephanie. Parents, we've got some great things that are kicking off today. If you check by this afternoon, there's going to be KZTV. Uh, an episode, it's an hour-long episode. There's also a midweek devotion that our team is putting together. They've done a fantastic job with that. It's going to be live. You'll want to check that out. Parents, if you've got any other questions about it, come and talk to Stephanie. Also, we have a volunteering booth over here. We'd love to engage as many volunteers as possible in serving here at OCC. And so you can just let us know by visiting and talking with us about that. And then finally, if you're a guest, we would just love to meet you. We've got some gifts for you this morning, and so you can stop by the Connect tent. We're just glad to see everyone. I'm so excited to see uh, faces. Last time we gathered again, it felt great to be here, but it was hard for me because I couldn't see anyone. And so, thanks for joining us. Thanks for bearing with the heat, and let's pray together. Father, we, we see this verse. It's a powerful verse. And, and we're reminded that we don't have the power on our own to spark a movement that began through your disciples. But, Father, through your Holy Spirit, who lives inside the Christ followers that are here, an amazing movement can ripple through this land. God, would you help us to take the message of Jesus and share it? Share it with those close to us, Lord, those here in our hometown, in our neighborhoods. And help us to find ways, Lord, to support the works that would penetrate the region, the state, the country, the nations. Father, this is something that we gladly accept as, as an assignment from you. Lord, we're, we're honored to carry on such a powerful and life-changing movement. Would you help us, Father, as the church through, again, we've just said it's a challenging season, but Lord, we won't allow all that's aiming to block your work. Uh, to slow down this movement. Lord, thank you for entrusting it to us to be a part of this movement. We ask you for your help and motivation, God, continually from you as we move forward in faith. In Jesus' name we said together, amen.
Thank you again for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by the message and equipped to take your next step with Jesus. Visit us online at occathome.com to learn more about how to connect with us. And join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast. Have a great day.